Good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you're listening slash watching this. I'm your host with the most, Jim Lettuce, the Lettuce Man himself. Welcome to the newest episode of the Temporary Space Show podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about technology and entertainment and where they collide. My name is Jim Lettuce. Let's get started. So I'm just going to wing it. We're free-balling it today. Uh, One take wonder is what they call me. So I really need to record this because I got all these tabs open on my phone and it's slowing it down. So I need to just get this done so that I can, uh, you know, get things going. I need to free up the RAM on my poor, my old Android phone and on my my, uh, iPhone. So, without further ado, let's see. Mostly technology this time. Where is it? Alright, here we go. Apparently, Microsoft is making glass storage, which is not really new. Uh... This is an idea that's been around for a long time. If you watch the old Superman, the Christopher Reeves one from the 80s, they have uh, like that ice base that he has where he finds the crashed ship or whatever. He has these crystal, they're like crystal cylinders that he moves around. And somebody somewhere was like, we got to do that. Now fast forward however many years, but definitely... About 10, 15 years ago from now, they started working on this. They started trying to make storage. Now, I haven't done that much research on this subject, but I know that storage and memory is a big deal. They don't really know how to make it last forever. Like, hard drives fail. They can do, you know, you can get, like, film or a vinyl record. Those last pretty long, but you have to keep them in the right uh, temperature storage. Like, I know there was... A bunch of film reels connected to some movie studio, and it got burned down, so they lost a bunch of stuff. And, you know, especially, like, hard drives, like, traditional hard drives don't last very long. The new solid-state hard drives actually do last pretty long, but they're expensive. And at one point... Well, let me look this up while we're here. They definitely figured out how to do... Oops, that's the one I want. They definitely figured out how to store in your DNA. So let's see. DNA storage. Oh, look, guess what? It's Microsoft doing that research too. Hold on. Let's go down this rabbit hole. So they figured out that DNA can store stuff. Okay, this is 2015, almost 10 years ago. Uh... Molecular level data storage, DNA molecules, leveraging. So the thing is, you still have to store the DNA, which requires specific uh, temperature control. But it says it can be, oh wow, 500 years. Let's see if this is, is this better or worse than the glass? Because the whole point of this was I wanted to talk about glass storage. So I'm working on the format of the show. Technically, this should be the first episode that's on Acast. We're trying to get on Apple. uh, No, I don't want notifications. We're trying to get on um, 
<clears throat> Apple Podcasts specifically, probably be on Spotify with Acast. It'll let you do both, I hope, I think. But theoretically, this will be a video podcast as well. It's going to be on the YouTube channel. It's probably just going to be a thumbnail at this point, but in the future, you'll be able to see these articles I'm looking at, so I'll describe it to you. The guy is holding... It just looks like a, a square, like a piece of cheese, but in plastic form, like one of those craft singles, and it's very exciting. So Microsoft released a white paper on it, which is just like a, an official research paper, basically. Let's see. 16-page academic paper. I'm not going to sit here and read it. Made from quartz glass. Primed for use in the cloud. Because I'm thinking more like if you've seen the Blade Runner sequel, uh, Blade Runner 2049, which is, for the record, my favorite movie of all time. They do have glass storage in that. I think it's the, the modern version of like microfilm. So when I was a kid... This was like in the, the 80s. They had microfilm, which is just like film, right? Like you've heard of a film reel, but it's like really small. And it fits in like a what looks like a little Tylenol bo uh, bottle, basically. I think this will be the new version of it because they're going to have to store all this information. Assuming we don't have some kind of Dark Ages blackout, just like in Blade Runner 2049. In the plot of that movie, they had a big uh, electromagnetic pulse that took out all the storage and bank records. Let's hope that doesn't happen. We know what happened with the blackouts in the 70s in New York. A bunch of violence happened, but also a bunch of babies were born. So maybe that'll help our birth rate. I don't know. But, okay, it says it's not practical yet due to the current state of... Wait, no, that's the DNA one. So we know the DNA thing doesn't work. That was 2015. All right, how does it work? I should have read this before the podcast, but I'm just going to experience this in real time with you, okay? So apparently it's very resilient. The idea is that it can withstand great heat and be stored anywhere, even, even uh, frost, like really cold environments as well. <clears throat> Sustainability is the primary objective. Uh, that's a good idea on paper, but in practicality, a lot of times you end up shooting yourself in the foot with that mentality. All right, lasers through. So it uses a square glass platter. That's a better way to describe the picture that I was trying to say. Not a craft Singles cheese in plastic form, but a square glass platter with ultra-fast femtosecond lasers through voxels it reminds me of like if you've looked real close at a cd you can see the little lines that's what it looks like almost so i think the issue with this is you can do multiple layers obviously long-term storage but you can't uh change it later once you do it like that's it it's a one-time deal so we're looking at more archival, not necessarily like a modern hard drive where you can write and rewrite. Scan, images are sent to the process, blah, blah, blah. Suitable for a host of sensitive industries, including 
finance, scientific research, healthcare, due to the secure nature of archival glass storage, meaning organizations in these sectors may be able to withstand ransomware attacks. Now, that's what's also cool is it's like cold storage. It's just sitting there. You can't necessarily affect it digitally. It's more like a record or a film reel. Once it's there, it's there. You just have to be able to read it, right? What? That's the whole article? That's barely an article. This was a blog post. Uh, who wrote this? Kumar's Afi Savet. I like your article, sir, but it's not really an article. It's a blog post. Well, I guess that's all on that. That's pretty interesting. I hope we get to that point. There's so much information. Like, you know, the, the servers with Google and YouTube, they're constantly adding like 400 hours every minute or something. Something's got to give. I don't know how we're going to keep storing everything forever, right? I think something is going to happen where we just don't, we can't store it anymore. All right, well, that's all for the first tab. Boom. What else? So I've been doing a lot of research and getting into the stock market, and my big thing is that I want to invest in asteroid mining companies because I think space and asteroid mining is the way to go. That's the future here. They found a large asteroid. This was like a few years ago with you know telescopes and whatnot. They found an astronaut that was, are you ready? It was the size of Maine, as in the, the city or the state. I think, no, no, they said it was the size of New York State, not Maine. And it was full of nickel. That's all it was. So it's the size of a state. It was all nickel, just one. You think, oh, nickel, that's not that very, that's not very valuable, right? It's not like gold or platinum or whatever, or cobalt, which is actually really needed for electric cars but it was nickel right and they did the math and they said okay if we could find a way to mine one percent of this thing you could make a trillion dollars let that sink in one percent of this thing a trillion dollars so in my opinion whatever company figures out how to mine asteroids successfully uh you're in the money. And that's why I'm trying to invest in these. The problem is none of them are actually publicly traded. There's some that are being funded by publicly traded companies, so you can invest in those companies. But most of them, the companies themselves, they're not profitable yet. They don't even have the technology. Like NASA sent... Let's look that up. NASA definitely sent... Uh, they mined an asteroid uh, they took a piece of it and it came back to earth this was like last year here we go the Osiris Rex the first US oh my gosh that's my alarm Osiris Rex is the first US mission to collect a sample from an asteroid it returned to Earth on September 24th, 2023, so this was last year, to drop off material from the asteroid Bennu. So that's the name of the asteroid. 
The spacecraft didn't land but continued on a new mission to explore another asteroid to explore another asteroid called Apophis. Oh, this is cool. Let's go to this webpage. So, there's controversy because they sent the asteroid sample back to Earth in just like a little mini it was just like a box, right? And it landed in Earth and they got it. And it took them a long time to be able to open it. I don't know why. I guess you have to make it really tough so that it doesn't get messed up in, like, cold recesses of space, right? It says it dropped into Utah Desert. They still haven't... They probably opened it by now. This was a while ago. Oh, here we go. We got a little... uh diagram here so it kind of landed on there like a mosquito almost oh this is so cool all right so they did remove the lid they found dark powder sand sized particles oh this is so cool okay so the capsule was pretty big I thought it was like the size of like a bluetooth speaker or something it's more like a big uh, like an amp for a guitar like that big like two or three feet high by two or three feet wide uh very exciting anyways i'm getting sidetracked the whole point of this is i want to talk about this company called uh astro forge they're in a race against time to take control of its demo spacecraft so they had a spacecraft that they launched but then after they launched it they couldn't get control of it which is a bummer. It's a California-based company. They're mining asteroids for platinum. So that's the... Uh, they're mining asteroids for platinum. And that's the... That's a pretty valuable one. This is the company's demonstration mission. Not a very good demonstration, if you ask me. So I did... Let me log into my uh, Fidelity here. I did find their parent company... The one I invested in is called Lunar Something. So if you're interested, you can look this up. So like I said, Astro Forge is not publicly traded. However, they are funded by Intuitive Machines, which is what I invested in. Bought a few shares. You know how it is. I'm hoping this will blow up in the next 15, 20 years, right? Intuitive Machines, they funded it. They do uh, they do space products that enable lunar uh, support missions. So that's specifically the moon, right? They do they have a lunar rocket fueled drone, lunar surface rover services. So like let's say you're NASA and you have a rover for Mars or the moon you need to be able to communicate with it and like that whole infrastructure that's what intuitive machines does they also do rideshare delivery services because they launch kind of like rocket lab they launch smaller things not as big as like SpaceX per se here you go lunar access servers lunar orbital delivery servers lunar data network services anyways that's how you can invest, invest in Astro Forge, the company we're talking about here. Its little satellite was called Broker One. 
launched on April 15th. This must have been last year. They had a setback. Uh, I think it's like they had the satellite, but then it, it rotated a certain way, and then they couldn't track it. Uh, there was uh, 50 other spacecrafts that were part of SpaceX's rideshare mission. Oh, I think SpaceX was involved in this. So the thing is, I want to invest in SpaceX, right? But that's Elon Musk's company. SpaceX is also not publicly traded. You can invest in Tesla, the electric car company, but you cannot invest in SpaceX, unfortunately. There's just not that many space companies that are publicly traded yet. The ones I have really is... Uh, let, me hit, let me see... I'm trying to promote this industry at the same time that I'm talking about it, right? Rocket Lab, which launches small rockets, little smaller satellite type things, and then there's a bigger one that's actually not doing well. Virgin Galactic. So that's uh, Richard Branson, the guy who does Virgin Records, and the he has a plane company as well. Partly, partly the reason I invested in this is because he knows how to do planes. They've they've been doing it for decades. And uh, let me just pull it out. We're going to talk about Virgin Galactic while we're here, right? Virgin Galactic Investor Relations. Here we go. So Virgin Galactic is it's more of a space tourism. You've probably heard of it. They What they do is they launch a spacecraft into orbit like it flies on the bottom of a regular plane kind of like a like a kangaroo like an almost like a pouch on the belly of the plane and then when it's really high that rocket breaks off and blasts into orbit which is actually way cheaper the way SpaceX does it and traditional rockets is you launch from the surface of the earth and you have to break through the atmosphere this way, where it's like on the belly of another plane, is actually far more cheaper and more cost efficient, which is very exciting. But they're basically starting a brand new type of uh, airport system with these supersonic uh, planes. These planes that can fly around half the world way faster than your regular plane. Like a regular plane, you get on and you fly from like America to China. You're looking at like 17 hours, but these sonic, uh, these supersonic planes can get there in half the time. So it's very exciting because they're building like actual airports for this stuff, not just the planes themselves. Uh, I could talk all day about Virgin Galactic. Uh, there's another one I might as well talk about. It is there's an ETF. It is called Czar Aerospace and Defense ETF. Now, it leans a bit more in the uh, defense. I don't know. Some people have moral qualms about that. I personally don't. But it's the only one that also has, like, actual space companies, not just these, like, air defense ones. There's a few others. You can look up some YouTube videos that go into different ETFs. We're not going to get into what an ETF is. I'll let you figure that out. You can Google it. If you're listening to this kind of stuff, you already know what an ETF is. It's just like a stock that has a bunch of stocks together. It's like a group of stocks. But very exciting. I'm hoping the space industry will blow up in the next 
10, 15 years. So that was kind of a tangent. I really just wanted to talk about Astro Forge. What else? What's on my, what else, what other tabs do I have? So this is supposed to be the, the podcast for January, even though it's a little late. Um, this is So this news might be a bit dated in terms of, you know, these things move a mile a minute, so bear with me here. This happened like a month ago. But let's see. So everybody's doing AI, right? Later on, we're going to talk about the new AI that Apple started. But Tesla, obviously the car company, what people don't understand is that it's not just a car company. It's an information AI company. They are getting so much data with their cars and they're going to implement humanoid robots in the future. So if you're afraid of iRobot happening, uh, this is where it's probably going to happen. So it could go bad, but it's very interesting to see the Musk man himself take a stab at humanoid robots because before, the only companies that were doing this was like uh Massimo, let me see. There's obviously, uh, let's see, list of companies making humanoid, humanoid robots. Because I was really into this a few years ago, and there just weren't that many companies doing it. It was, oh yeah, Toyota, the car company, they had one. Their little robot was called Massimo. Uh... No, no, it was called Osimo, not Massimo. Massimo was that old brand from the 90s, the clothing brand. Uh, Boston Dynamics is the big one. They're the ones funded by DARPA. Those are the robots that are dancing around. If we're talking about iRobot, those are the ones that are going to take over first. I don't think we have to worry about Elon Musk's robots, but what else? There's so many companies doing it now. Oh, of course, there's one called iRobot. Uh, Intuitive, never heard of that one. Hanson Robotics. A lot of these companies, they're so under the radar. Okay, Intuitive Robots, they make those, uh, you know, those like R2-D2 ones that you see at malls in like China. Um, And they're starting to have them in some restaurants. I went to this Asian food restaurant for my birthday last year. And they literally had a robot waiter. It would, it would you call it a dumb waiter, basically, where it would like the a human waiter will come take your order and give you that human connection, make sure your order's right. But then an actual robot, it was like a little shelf on wheels, and it would wheel out, and then the human lady would hand you the food, and then it would go back to the kitchen. It was so exciting, and I want to talk about. Elon Musk's robot. So let's pull up. Where is uh? What is is it Tesla? All right, let's see. Tesla humanoid robot. Let's look this up the right way. So I think in the future, I'm still working out the format of this podcast, but the future, you'll be able to see my screen, like on YouTube. And you can just watch me Google this stuff. Here we go. Tesla Optimus leading. Okay, so it's called Optimus. And 
What I was getting at is that it's very exciting to see Elon Musk tackle this because we've had robotics for decades, but only in the last like 10 years did it start to become plausible to have like an actual humanoid robot. And then only in the last like five years with big data and AI and large language models, has it been only in the last five years, has it been plausible and practical to get an actual legitimate humanoid robot that is functional enough and efficient enough to like be be produced on a mass scale because after the Fukushima event where the earthquake messed up the nuclear power plant they had robots there's a let me look this up there's an annual uh, annual robot competition that happens oh it's called first robotics is that it or vex robotics there's one that's like specifically humanoid robots and the last few years that they did it it was focused on humanoid robots that could go into environments like fukushima and you know turn valves crawl over rubble climb ladders that's the real issue there. We cannot send humans. And these robot these robots are like falling over and most of them don't work. But this Tesla one is surprisingly efficient. Now you have to understand this is a highly produced publicity event, so they're not going to show us when they fall, which actually makes you appreciate Boston Dynamics cuz they they have highly produced videos where the robots are dancing or doing parkour, right? But they always release a video that shows the robot falling. And I don't think Elon Musk would do that for, uh, shoot, I forgot the name, the Tesla one, Optimus. But man, the Optimus one looks the coolest. It looks the most like iRobot sci-fi movie, like... It looks the most sleek and cool. And you could argue, oh, you know, Musk is an idiot. He just made it look cool. But you got to remember, they have all that data from his uh, electric cars that are self-driving. And, you know, he's in the forefront of it. All the other car makers are starting to have self-driving cars. And sadly, that's the future. It's going to be like, uh, what's that Tom Cruise movie? Uh What is it where he's, uh, Spielberg directed it? Did he? Alright, I'm just gonna have to look up Tom Cruise IMDb to find the name of it. But in this movie, they have, uh, like, all the cars are electric, all of them are self-driving, and it's kind of scary because they can get hacked. Why can't I remember that? It's a good one. Minority Report, that's it. It slipped my mind. 2002. Holy crap. That's a 20-year-old movie. But in Minority Report, all the cars are electric. They're all self-driving. And sadly, that's our future. Uh, I really wish it wasn't the case because I love technology. Obviously, I'm doing a podcast about it. But I don't like them in practice. Like these electric cars, you can't hear them coming up on you, right? Like with a real car, you hear it 
if it's about to run over you, you hear it, you can look and dodge roll out of the way. But with these electric cars, you just can't hear it. Like even a golf cart makes noise, right? These things make no noise and it stresses me out to be honest. All right, that's, let's close that tab. Uh, all right, so I got on an Elon Musk tangent when I was looking up topics for this episode. So let's see. Apparently, Elon Musk spent $100 million to open a new university in Texas. So, a little history. Elon started Tesla and SpaceX in California, but he has since moved to Texas. So number one, this is good for our economy in Texas, right? But it's very interesting to see him dip his toes in the education because a lot of the education system is highly uh, criticized these days. I'm not going to get into the politics, but let's just say it used to be more universal, but now it's quite narrow. And so to see him start a school is very interesting. It looks like he donated to a charity, but I don't know if he's actually starting the school himself. It makes you wonder what kind of, what are they going to be teaching here? It's not going to be a trade school per se. Curriculum for the school would combine formal instruction by experienced faculty, such as math, science, engineering, physics, alongside hands-on learning. Okay, this is literally every school. How is it going to be different though? School does not want the inability to pay tuition or fees to be a barrier for students. Thus, if a student is admitted to the school, tuition, financial support will be provided. Well, that sounds great on paper, but that is not going to work after a while. Uh, the cheapest schools they have are subsidized by the government. That's like what community college is. And there's, you still have to pay some things. So I don't know. It's the age-old question is where does the money come from? Because money don't grow on trees, am I right? Speaking of community college, I went back to mine because I had to get a transcript. That's right. I went to community college decades ago, at least a decade and a half. But, man, that facility was looking nice. guess that's where my taxes are going, am I right? Okay. Here's another tab I got. GE, which is General Electric, GE's breakthrough in detonating hypersonic propulsion. Ooh, I know why I saved this now. A ramjet engine utilizing rotating detonation combustion could offer major efficiencies for future high-speed air design. Okay, here we go. Let's get to Apple unveils Ferret, its first open-source AI Surpassing GPT-4. So this is a bit of a promotion or what do you call it? Propaganda. We don't know if it has surpassed ChatGPT yet. You have to understand, ChatGPT kind of came out of nowhere. So everybody's trying to beat them, which is good competition for the industry. But they're always saying the new ones are going to be better because they have to to get you to read the article. All right. So ChatGPT is I think the company is called OpenAI. Jeff Bezos has one. Tesla has one called, uh, or Elon Musk has one connected to Twitter called Grok. There's so many. Let's look them up. Hold on. 
uh, list of companies making open AI chat models. Is that what it's called? Uh, no, no, it's called uh, large language models. That's it. Making uh, large language models AI. Alright, Meta, they got one called Llama, I think. I heard it sucks. Google has one called Bard. I heard that one sucks as well. I mean, these guys were doing it before ChatGPT, but ChatGPT, they're just killing it. Oh, Llama? Yeah, Llama is Meta. I want to know what... Uh... Okay, so this one is called Ferret. Who comes up with these names? Alright, let's read about this. Now, Apple may be late to the game, but they are very good at implementing their technology within their ecosystem. As a new Apple customer that I've joined the ecosystem with an iPhone and an Apple computer, I'd like to see where this goes because the way they have Siri and everything, it's quite... Uh, Efficient. We'll put it that way. It may not be as good as Google, but the way it is executed is a lot more efficient, more useful for the everyday person. Okay, AI, made under wraps. So they have data from news publishers. Obviously, they have a lot of AI info from their phones, user info. Competitors like Google Assistant, Amazon Alexa. Okay, Alexa, that's what Amazon's is called. I don't know why I forgot that. These are very cool. So these virtual assistants are really just an extension of the large language model. It's more like the large language model will be implemented within these assistants, like Siri. And uh, I think who had they had another one. T-Mobile had one called Jarvis, kind of like uh, Iron Man does. Uh, I would imagine, I know that Siri is utilized heavily in the new uh, VR headset that Apple released. So that's very exciting. All right. It's developed, so this uh, ferret is developed in collaboration between Apple's Zagon, a notable, oh, that's a researcher in his team at Columbia University. Once again, it's another vlog thing. So there's that's all we have is that it's called Ferret, and it's coming out. It's going to be open source. Okay. All right, here's another tab. we got to talk about Kanye West's new teeth. So Kanye West, a uh, popular rapper, or he used to be a popular rapper. He's kind of hated now, and he hasn't released a good song in a while, I'm sad to say. I'm a fan of his music. I really liked his third album, uh... I think it's called Graduation. That was a big influence on me when it came out back in the day. I'm sad to say it's like good 10 years old now or more. When he put in his new teeth, he got new teeth. Now, celebrities getting new teeth is not a new thing, okay? They get veneers all the time. Veneers is just like rich people stuff where it costs like $80,000 it's like it's like $4,000 per tooth. And it's just like, you ever see those celebrities that have like perfect teeth? Well, they're fake. Surprise. 
But Kanye West, we all know he's a billionaire. He really uh, took it to the next level. He got metal teeth. Now, I think they're... I don't know what material it is. What? But what is the material? Titanium? How does that affect your mouth? Because you got to be careful with certain types of metals uh, in your body because uh, your body can reject them. You can have allergic reactions. I know this because people get when they get like a knee replacement or a hip replacement because my dad had to do it. He got both his knees replaced because he's old. And one thing they have to look out for is the metal in the implant getting rejected by your body. So once they put it in there, they have to like look at you for a few days and then come back a few months later and look and see is your body rejecting it or not. So hopefully Kanye doesn't get infected by these but it's hilarious because there's an old James Bond movie where the villain is named Jaws and he's got metal teeth and he can bite through chains and such and Kanye West got his teeth like that they look so crazy apparently it cost $850,000 jeez they're just dentures so he probably just wears them and takes them out at night which is I don't think they're permanent. Wow, that's crazy. Anyways, Kanye West. What else? We got a lot here. Let's keep going. Uh, label this. No, we don't want that. Oh, there's a new show with Clive Owen. All right, so we do technology. We also do entertainment. Uh, I love those industries, so that's why we combine the two here. It's a new mystery show starring Clive Owen. He's looking kind of old, but he still looks pretty good. I'm a big fan of Clive Owen. He did this movie called Croupier in the 90s. And when you watch it, you're like, why did they not get him to do James Bond? And I think the only reason is just because Pierce Brosnan was going hard at the time. And by the time he would have been up for it, he was a bit older. And this is when they did the... Uh, What's the most recent guy? I forgot his name now. My brain quit. Uh, Daniel Craig. So by the time he was up for it, he was a little too old and Daniel Craig was stepping in and that's when they wanted a young Bond. So uh, this was like 2000. So anyways, I'm a big fan of Clive Owen. He did this really good movie called The International where he's like this cop trying to search a conspiracy. He's tracking down the leader of this bank that like controls the world. And it's really good. They have the, this shootout in the Guggenheim, which is a famous uh, museum in New York. Or uh, it might be Chicago. Let's see. Where is the Guggenheim Museum? New York. Okay. Uh, obviously, check that movie out, The International. Anyways, he's got a new show. Uh, it's on AMC, so I think they have their own streaming service. Uh, what is it called? I can't find the title of the show. Clive Owen. No Zombies in... Oh, it's called Monsieur Spade. 
Oh, cool. So Humphrey Bogart, famous actor in like the 30s and 40s, he played in a movie called The Maltese Falcon. So this is a show that is that same character from Maltese Falcon, but played by Clive Owen. Ooh. I want to watch this because apparently True Detective, the new one with uh, Jodie Foster, apparently it was terrible. So let's see if this is good. I'll try to watch it and review it on the next episode. No promises, though. I can't find... Why is it so hard to find what streaming service it's on? AMC. Well, all right. Well, you're already failing because you're not talking about what the service is. What is it called? AMC Plus, of course. Uh, let's see what the pricing is. We might as well. Uh, AMC plus pricing. Uh, $4.99 a month. That's the, uh, okay. So all the streaming services, they now have a lowest tier, which is with ads, which is fine. I don't mind ads, but it should be free. $4.99 is pushing it. I recently canceled my, a my, uh, Amazon Prime because they started playing ads while I'm paying for it. It's like, no, I want like Pluto TV. I want, if I'm getting ads, it should be free, right? All right, what else? All right, we're almost done, I think. I got a few in here. I can't tell which is which. There's too many. I'm still following the Young Thug trial. I feel like the Young Thug trial is like, it's like a Dave Chappelle skit in real life. Like his uh, rapper friends are being called to the stand and they have to explain slime, which is like uh, in, his, in his songs, he would go slime like that. That's how he says it. It's just like a, a little calling card. I think he does actually have something called slime records, not to be confused with my buddy Miles, who we do the Netflix podcast together. Uh, he has a uh, record label called Slime Records. Look him up. I think it's spelled differently. But anyways, the Young Thug uh, Rico case is ongoing. Rico charges is how they would charge uh, mafia criminals back in the day because they couldn't actually catch them. So they would get them with like money stuff and tax evasion in a way to catch them on the books. And that's what they're getting Young Thug with. And as a fan of Young Thug, I'm following this closely. I'm very curious to see if he's actually guilty or not. And if he did, it says he tortured someone. If he did, in fact, torture someone, I will have to relinquish my fandom and not be a fan because I'm against torture. You know, I'm no Boy Scout, but torture is pretty not cool. But uh, we'll see. Oh, here it is. He was asked to defer... He was asked to define the term slime in court. Here's what he said. Uh, he said it's an acronym for slug, love, I, me, everything. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Here, let's see if I can play this video. Are 
word slime. What does it mean? Mm. <laughs> He's looking around. That's my question. So, the faces were small, the illness were long, the eyes were eye, the illness were long. <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, into it. So they're the ones that do your taxes. Uh, they're investing in AI. Help the so the the CMO has a plan to help the company seize a new revenue opportunity. Once again, it's a tiny article, and then you have to pay to read the rest. Lame. Uh, SpaceX they launch people for a private mission to the space station. So SpaceX is pretty much the official taxi for NASA right now. Very interesting to see where that goes. The International Space Station is actually starting to get old, and it's going to have to either crash, or I don't know what they're going to do. It's literally going to crash out of the sky. And in Fallout 76, the Bethesda MMO, the Fallout game, they actually have a space station crashed, and it's supposed to be... It doesn't go out and say it, but it's supposed to be the International Space Station... So we'll see where it ha- where it goes. Russia and China are also building their own stations. So we really need to build a new one if we're going to stay in the game here. Uh, like I said, the space industry is the new the new hot frontier. Like obviously, the tech industry is going to be connected to that. But you know how there's been a tech boom in the last ten years. I believe that's what's going to happen in the space industry in the next fifty years. So. I sure hope the United States stays with it. All right, I got an article about Dave Ramsey. Uh, no, that's clickbait. Not doing that. True nature of a black hole. So they keep finding these massive black holes, and I don't know how they even measure it. It's like they measure the negative... Like if there's a lot of... I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's like they measure the negative space versus what you can actually see, and that's how they know. Oh, they're going to test theories of gravity with this stuff. All right, let's skip that. I don't even know. I need to research that more before I talk about it. What else? We're at about an hour, which is pretty good for a podcast. I just want to get through these tabs... So the next episode should be a lot more organized. Uh, All right, well, that one didn't work. All right, so here's we're dipping into the entertainment industry now. Grand Theft Auto 6 released their trailer, or I guess Rockstar released a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6, the hotly anticipated sequel to Grand Theft Auto 5, which is, for the record, the most profitable entertainment entity ever. That means uh, movies, game, whatever. It's the most profitable ever. Can you believe that? It's hard to wrap your head around. They make like a billion dollars a month. It might be more like five billion per month. So I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, they're going to make a Grand Theft Auto 6. The trailer is out. It looks amazing, but... I can't imagine them getting rid of Grand Theft Auto V online, right? Like, they're making so much money off those shark cards. How could they possibly get rid of it? 
Alright, so let's look up this trailer. Let's see how big... I don't want to play the trailer. Let's see how many views it has. Alright, I'll, I'll do it on my phone because I can mute it. Hold on. I don't want to get their copyrighted music in here. Why doesn't it... Alright, I'll just pull up on my phone here. Let's see... GTA 6 trailer. How many views? Oh my gosh, 173 million in two months. I know it cracked a few million in the first like six hours. Man, that's crazy. All right, now if I can get back to this article. So it's the number one most watched game trailer ever. Uh, man, I'm so hyped for this game. I hope it doesn't suck. I think it'll be cool. The problem is I think we have the same thing with uh, Skyrim with Bethesda. Grand Theft Auto V is just too good. I don't know if they'll ever be able to live up to the expectations. They might, maybe with the single player, but... I don't know, man. They say success is double-edged sword. And that is the truth. Alright, here are the James Webb Telescope. That's the one I was talking about earlier, not the Hubble. I had it wrong. So they said they might have found uh, life... They always find like little microscopic fossils. Like, we found fossils on Mars of, like little anthropods, like microscopic. So we know there was life on Mars at one point. Let's see. So they won't confirm it. Uh, the persistent... So it's a rumor? Am I just wasting your time here? What? So... That's it. They might have found... This is another nothing article... Here we go. It's on an exoplanet K-1218b last year. An ocean world. So, so here's the deal. A uh, little space lesson here. We have, you know, untold number of galaxies, right? Each galaxy at the center is a star. Like we have the center of our galaxy is the sun, obviously. And <clears throat> what, what happens is only planets in the sweet spot at a certain distance away from that star can sustain life. So if you're too far away, you get a planet like Pluto that's just like ice and dead. Even Mars is not close enough. It's mostly ice. It's all ice, really, except maybe there's oceans underneath the ice. But Earth is uh, in the sweet spot. That's why we have life here. And some of the other planets that are closer, like uh, Jupiter, it's like a gas giant. It's too hot. So that nothing can really live there. And so this planet, uh, XB K1218b, I think it's in the sweet spot near its star. The problem is it's light years away. We'll never get there. 120 light years away. All we can do is get a satellite like the uh, James Webb and get close enough just to look. So we'll never really know. But it's... They have evidence of life, so I don't know what that means. 
I think I just wasted your time with this article. I'm I apologize for that. Alright. More politics. We don't care about that. Uh we don't need that. Here, I'll just I'll just cut out this dead space. Hold on, let me just look real quick. Oh here we go. So I think the new trend is survival games in video game like in the video game industry the newest trend is survival uh like valheim and pow world the pokemon clone that one is survival uh arc survival evolved is a popular one i was actually really into the conan uh survival game and there's a new one called enshrouded i think so i'm calling it that's the new trend and a way you can tell these trends are relevant is when the big dogs start dipping into it. So Fortnite, I think they already had a survival mode, but they're leaning more towards it now. Uh, and, you know, uh, games like Tarkov, those aren't really survival. They're more extraction, which is a, a genre I want to get into. Extraction, survival is like you survive, you get resources, right? Whereas extraction is the same concept except it's in short-term bursts and you're trying to escape the area. And I really want to get into Tarkov. You have to have a computer though. I will get a nice computer for gaming in the future. Uh, who knows when that will happen. Click one of the links below to support us uh, if you want to make that happen. Buy our merchandise and let us wear clothing. Uh, I'll go over that at the end here. But, uh, oh, here we go. Here's another one. Now, this is back to technology. Uh, Japan is now the fifth country to land on the moon. So America did it first, then Russia, then China, then India did it last year, and then Japan just did it. India actually did really well. Uh, Japan had a lot of fumbles. Like, their, their little rover landed, but then it broke. So, uh, very interesting, very excited. Like I said, the space race is on. I think we need to lean into that as a country, and I think that would help us. Just like in the 80s, they had the Cold War. I wish we could all focus on, obviously, the other countries are doing it too, like our competitors, China, Russia, India. But I wish we could have more of a friendly version of this. So they so Japan landed a rover on the moon. Uh, what's their rover called? Slim. Oh, it's called Slim. I don't know what that stands for, but that's what Japan's rover is called. S L I M. The company is Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency or JAXA. So this was more of a test. Precision technology. Interesting. I love seeing the different types of rovers. Like the American rover is high technology, but it's almost more about uh, like exploring and survivability. Whereas the Russia one was more bulky and the China one was extremely durable. And I don't know about the India rover. Let's look up that here in a minute. But the Japan one is focused on 
more more technology based and sensors. I mean, obviously ours has sensors too. But oh, this is very exciting. So they had a carrier that had two small rovers. So their little lunar thing landed and had two rovers, whereas the one we had, I think it had three, like a rover and a little plane, two little plane, uh, what do they call it, like a flying helicopter drone. Oh, this is so exciting, y'all. So China, India, Japan, they're the ones doing a lot of this lately. We haven't... We have a rover, but ours has been doing it for a couple of years now. Uh, America is anyways. Japan launched theirs six months after India's moon landing. Oh, so this was their second attempt. Oh, no, there was a failed U.S. attempt. Oh, hold the phone. Oh, so Russia did one, and then... Some private company called iSpace just randomly did it. I didn't realize there was so much activity on the moon. Okay. So NASA is developing a space station on the moon, or it's going to orbit the moon. China is building a space station. Y'all, we have to explore space before the other countries because whoever does it they're going to own everything alright so the Japan one Slim uh, JAXA their parent company was partnered with US so it was part of our mission interesting so as of now the US we still have a pretty good stranglehold on that industry in terms of the moon well, we're going to lose it quick. we got to get on it. All right, what else? Random clickbait stuff. We don't need that. No, forever young. So it says Zuckerberg's new AI bet. He already has an AI. I think they're just implementing it more into uh, meta, which is genius. So I'm not invested in Meta directly. Like you can still buy real estate there. I like Meta. I like the idea, like Ready Player One. I think Zuckerberg screwed up. He should have put it, he should have made it free. It would have had a lot more users that way. But you know, who am I? I'm just some idiot, right? You do have to charge. Let's see. How much does it cost to in the meta rooms. Is there a monthly fee? Is it free? Here we go. Alright, so there is a free one, but it sucks. But I heard, but what they do is they, they do the same thing in movie theaters. They make the, the cheap one really crappy so that you always want the better one. So apparently it is free though. I guess it, I guess I could have sworn there was a monthly fee. Anyways, I'll join the metaverse once I get a VR headset. Should be very exciting. What else? I think that's it. Unless I can find a really good one here. I have all these dang tabs open. 
I have to close them all. My poor iPhone. Uh, I don't, Young Thug, Hugh Jackman. No, we're still waiting on Deadpool 3. I think that's it. Oh, here we go. Here's another one. This is kind of more in the entertainment. Thieves were caught stealing 35,000 Pokemon cards. There's security footage. So this is interesting because with the economy and post-pandemic world, everybody's broke. And so antiques and art, baseball cards, collectibles, their value has actually gone back up again. And that includes Pokemon cards. So that's why you get this heist. Uh, since 35000 I want to know how much they cost, though. What was the value? So we're going to start seeing more of that. People stealing collectibles. Very interesting. I think we're about it. Yeah, that's it. Wow. This episode was a bit unorganized. It's the first one uh, that I'm doing that should be on Acast and therefore Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that jazz. So stay tuned. It's probably only going to be this episode. If you want to find, this is episode 23, I think. If you want to find the past episodes, just get them on YouTube. I don't know if I can put them on Acast because there's copyrighted music. Um, Because they're on YouTube somehow, but they didn't get flagged. So I don't really want to mess with all that. There might or might not be a a song at the beginning of this because I'm using Storyblocks. Shout out to Storyblocks. We are not sponsored by them, but I love their service. Check them out, Stock Media. But anyways, uh, what are we at? An hour 17? Not bad, not bad. If you stayed till the end, thank you. I appreciate it. Stay tuned. I plan on doing this podcast every month. We talk about technology and entertainment and where they collide. Uh, If you want to support us, you can sign up for our streaming service at TemporarySpaceStudios.com. We've got some short films on there, a few shows. Uh, We're always trying to put new stuff. It's slow going, but slowly but surely, I believe we will have a significant streaming service. So check it out. It's very affordable. It's... uh, $39.99 $39.99 a year. I see it as a annual streaming service, but there is a monthly option if you don't want to pay 40 bucks to watch one thing. So you can also do $4.99 a month. Uh, there is a free trial if you want to be cheap. It's like a few days. So, you know, check it out. Another good way to support us is to buy our merchandise at lettucewearclothing.com. That's lettuce like the food. So L U L-E-T-T-U-C-E-W-E-A-R clothing.com buy merchandise Uh, we got shirts, hoodies we're going to add more stuff like stickers and mugs and hats we just added a new hoodie with the rare white lettuce so check that out it's very cool Um, what else? check out our YouTube channel youtube.com slash temporary space studios this is the official podcast for temporary space studios hence the name temporary space show uh 
follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. Subscribe and like if you're doing this on YouTube. This will also be on YouTube as well. But yeah, thanks for watching or listening. Uh, I'll see you next month. I'm Jim Lennis. Drive safe and shit.